Thank you, George. Appreciate that. And uh, we thank the Lord. Brother Cat told me today he went to the nursing home and started at 2 and got done at 5. He lost time. He said he's having a good time. And I said, well, time flies when you're having fun. And so I appreciate you taking care of that, brother. And uh, we're excited about what you do down there. Have you, did y'all, on that 250, just as I am, have y'all looked, uh, 249, have y'all looked at 250, the, uh, the song 250 there? Now, tonight I would sing it, but I'm just not up to it. <laughs> but I'd like to just read it to you as, as you read it as well. Uh, it says, God's final call. I don't think I ever heard anybody sing this before, but it says, Someday you'll hear God's final call to you to take his offer of salvation true. This could be it, my friend, if you but knew God's final call, God's final call. How can you live another day in sin, thinking someday with Christ you'll be began? Oh, will you hear above the world's loud din, God's final call, God's final call. If you reject God's final call of grace, you'll have no chance your footsteps to retrace. All hope will then be gone and doom your face. Oh, hear his call. Oh, hear his call. Man, what a powerful song that is. I've never really just seen that, looked at that. Did y'all know of that song? Did you? Y'all sing that at your church? Yeah. You've been trying to practice it? All right. Well, maybe, maybe we'll get it there. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn back to Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah, now, don't forget, November the 12th is our Thanksgiving dinner with the turkey and the dressing and all the good trimmings of that, uh, and some more cake, I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, and then we're going to have a New Year service uh, this year. We'll start at 9 on that 31st, and then we'll begin preaching and, and uh, singing and testifying unto the Lord and then at midnight, we'll be praying the new year in. So please make your, uh, make your way in the, your calendar so that we can have another good time of God's people. We're going to ask other folks to come, and, and uh, we'll see what God can do during that period of time. Amen. All right, Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah, we began preaching this on Wednesday. Of course, we didn't get close to being finished, but we want to begin it again here tonight. And and move farther on. We're going to be preaching through Nehemiah for a few days, and we're looking forward the road to revival. Now, we're going to begin in chapter 9 because I want you to see revival. I want you to see what it looks like. I want you to see that you might get a taste of it. Uh, it might be a desire in your heart. It might be something that you might want to be part of. And so, uh, here tonight. So let's stand to our feet in honor of God's Word and let's look at this tonight and uh, we'll just recap just a minute and then we'll move forward. But as we see in chapter 9 verses 1 through 3, it says, Now on the twenty and fourth day of this month the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and with sackcloth and with an earth upon and the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord their God one fourth part of the day and another fourth part they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name here tonight thanking you 
for the Word of God. Thanking you for the songs that we sung. Thank you for those that sung them. God, it seemed like there was a, a singing from the heart tonight. It seemed like there was a worship that was taking place in each one that has brought forth the song. We thank you tonight, Lord, that you are the very reason for our joy. You're the very reason for our living. You're the reason tonight we're here. And God, we're going to be here the reason why, God, we can live further on. And, and God, we're just thankful tonight for the church and for your people, for the Word of God tonight. We're asking that you'd open it up to our eyes, our hearts. God, help us to see what revival might look like, that we might have a taste and a desire for it. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd change our hearts tonight, move within us and on us, anoint us with your Spirit, anoint the, the hearers as well. God, that you may move through this place and you may encamp yourself about us. And God, you may sit next to us here tonight. And Lord, may you preach through us and in us and on us. And may you make the change, dear God, that we so desperately need. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Seated. And so we found here in chapter 9, uh, it, looks really, it looks really good in chapter 9 uh, as far as uh, what's taking place here and and what's going on? And so uh, we know that in chapter 1, though, it just wasn't so. And so let's turn back to chapter 1 of Nehemiah. And uh, there in verse 3 and verse 4, or verse 2 and 3, the Bible says that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, and he and a certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. He said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity, therein the providence are great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. That don't sound like revival to me, but you go to chapter 9 and you'll find a total different uh, mindset, a total different atmosphere, a total di different uh, attitude. Uh, it's something is happening in chapter 9 that wasn't happening in chapter 1. And that's where we want to be tonight. We want to be in chapter 9 where we find something happening with God. Finding something that's going on uh, that would bring forth the praises of God and give forth the honor to God that revival would be something that you and I would be part of. We know that revival tonight is a spiritual reawakening. A spiritual reawakening. Tonight it is a state coming from a state of dormancy to reawakening. It is also a condition of stagnation to reawakening. It's a place where we just feel numb and we feel like we just don't, uh, can't pray. We feel like the Word of God just don't affect us as it did. It just feels like that we're not moving forward. We're kind of stuck. We're kind of in a rut. We're kind of just doing the same thing as we always done with no excitement, with no joy. Uh, we find tonight stagnation, dormancy has come in. Well, re a revival is a spiritual reawakening, and we want that, amen? And I find, number two, that a revival also is a spiritual awareness, a spiritual awareness of loving God. God, give me that awareness back of loving you, that awareness of appreciating God's holiness tonight. Awareness to know that God saved me, that I be holy. Uh, knowing that God is holy tonight, give me that awareness again. Give me the awareness of a passion for the Bible. 
God, give me that love. Give me that desire. Give me that craving. Give me that thirst. Give me that hunger for the things of God, of your word tonight. Awareness of a faithful to the house of God. God, give me that push. Give me that, that rush. God, give me that desire. Give me that determination that I will be faithful in the house of God. See, that's revival tonight, that awareness that God will bring. The conviction of sin tonight. Convict me of every sin, of every imagination. Convict me tonight of every thought, of every deed, of every word, of every attitude, of the wrong spirit, of the facial expressions, the rolling of the eyes, the walking off, the, the turning away. God, any and everything that's sin, Lord, convict me. I need revival tonight. The awareness of the spirit of humility. Remove ego and pride and arrogance out of my life. God, bring me to the place where I'm just humble and I'm lowly. And Lord, I find myself in a place of submission and subjection. God, I pray that the spiritual awareness of revival is the desire to repent. A desire to, to say what I say and I ask for forgiveness. To do what I do and ask for repentance. To do the times I say, I think, Fred, that I'll have that desire. i have that craving in my heart to repent, to make it right. Amen. We pray for revival. There's a growing in Christ that I would increase in God that I would become more fruitful for the Lord, that I become more uh, working for God tonight. We find that the awareness is living in righteousness, that God, I want to be right. I want to live in right. I want to do right. I want to I wanna be around right. I, I'm so tired tonight of unrighteousness, and I'm so tired tonight of sinfulness tonight. I just want to live in righteousness. And so we find revival tonight that we need, and boy, our church so desperately tonight can, can have. And uh, thirdly tonight, not only is revival a spiritual reawakening and a spiritual awareness, but it's a spiritual advancing, yeah. a fresh start. Don't we want a fresh start? It is also a clean slate that God can just clean everything out tonight. We can all just come down to the altar tonight and start all over and get it all cleaned up. We find that this is a spiritual advancing is a new beginning, a revival. Almost like being born again again. Eagerness, excitement, energy, enthusiasm, enjoyment, and then engagement. Boy, I tell you, what a time that it would be in revival. Now how do we come from chapter 1 in verse 3 to chapter 9 in verse 1? How did they get there? Was it easy? Uh, was it uh, least, least resistant? I mean, what had to happen? What took place? Uh, how in the world can you come from chapter 1 verse 3 to chapter 9 verse 1? Uh, that's our desire tonight to know how. But tonight before we know how, I want you to know what? What's going on? We notice number one. We notice the meeting of revival. The meeting. The Bible says in verse one uh, that they were assembled. And so there was an assembly that took place. They were assembled. Uh, the revival would have never came without the assembling. And we find the children of Israel were assembled. Tonight they were assembled with fasting. In other words, they came selfless. Fasting tonight is taking yourself and denying yourself. Fasting tonight is taking yourself and saying, I don't care what my body craves. I don't care what my mind thinks I need. I am going to come fasting. In other words, you're coming selfless. 
Tonight, that's how we need to assemble tonight for revival is that you come selfless. Number two, that they come prideless. The Bible said they had sackcloth. And friend, you don't wear sackcloth with pride. You don't wear sackcloth with ego and arrogancy. You don't wear sackcloth because you're somebody or you're something. You don't wear sackcloth tonight whenever you're on top of the world. You wear sackcloth tonight when there's no pride. We find prideless, and you've got to come, if you're going to have revival, you've got to come prideless. Number three, you've got to come joyless. The Bible says they had earth upon them. Uh, friend, in other words, friend, they came without any joy. They're not excited about where they are. They're not excited about who they are. They're not excited about what's taking place as they took earth and they threw it on top of themselves tonight. That shows that they were in a state of humility. It shows that they were in a sense of honesty. It shows that they were in a stage of hurting. As it was in Esther's day, you remember, when I go there, we did that Wednesday night, but in the days of Esther, when Mordecai heard uh, that Haman was going to, uh, told the king, and the king was going to destroy every Israelite. He went down and took, took the, the, the uh, sackcloth and, of ashes and he took the front before the king. And, they, and oh, uh, oh, uh, Esther heard about that and she tried to go down there and give him a change of garments and he wouldn't receive them because he was mourning and fasting with sackcloth because tonight he had a, a cause tonight. They were fixing to get exterminated. Tonight we find Jonah when he went to Nineveh and we find as the king heard of the preaching of Jonah, they told him, he said, now listen, everyone, uh, you put sackcloth on and uh, you repent, amen, uh, because this is not a joyous time. We've got to repent from our sins. And we find the children of Israel in that same mindset. So that's the meeting for revival. Number two, the marks to revival. The marks to revival. We notice in verse 2, uh, it says, and the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers. Uh, the marks to revival tonight is there is a departing from. If we're going to ever have revival, and this is what revival looks like, it looks like they have departed themselves from strangers. They have departed themselves from those who are unchristlike. They have departed themselves from the ungodly and from the unscriptural. Uh, they, tonight, that word there, separated themselves from strangers. Separated means distinguished. In other words, they were people that were commanding respect. They were separated from the rest tonight. And that's what revival looks like. You'll find that when revival comes to your home, revival comes to your house, revival comes to your heart, that you now began to command respect from all over around you because you're separated. That's what revival looks like. Revival looks like that you're divided. You're not united. And Fred, you'll find that it's different with you now. That revival hits and revival comes tonight. That you'll see that there's a separation. That word means distinction. In other words, tonight you're a recognizable difference. Whenever revival is on you, revival is in you, revival's in our church, the whole, the whole community and our family members and those that know us will recognize us as different. Another tonight, in other words, tonight we'll be distinct. And that's what that word separate means tonight. And that's what's happening with the children of Israel. There's a departing from. We know it's, we, of course, we preach this on Wednesday, so we're going to move fast through it. There's a delivering from. We find tonight in verse 2, the Bible says, and stood and confessed their sins. They stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. The first thing I noticed is their flesh 
was conquered. They stood. You know, it's the flesh tonight that will keep you on your seat. It's the flesh tonight that will keep you coming to God. It is your flesh tonight that will keep you from doing what's right. It's your flesh tonight that will not cause you to confess your sins. And tonight they stood and their flesh is conquered. That's revival tonight when you conquer your flesh. Number two, their hearts are confessing. They're confessing their sins. Uh, that word confess there means to throw down stones. It means to cast out stones and it means to give way stones. In other words, you've got to let go sin, you've got to let get rid of sin, and you've got to give up sin. Amen? That's what it means tonight to confess these sins. We find here thirdly, their minds are clearing the iniquities of their fathers. Uh, they came to, to begin to confess the iniquity of the fathers because they followed their ways. And they're asking God to forgive them for following the fathers' ways. They have taken up their walk. And they forgive, asking God to forgive them for taking up their father's walk. They also committed their wickedness. And God, they're asking God in the way of confession to forgive them for the taking up the committing of their wickedness. We find number three. Not only is there a, a, draw, a departing from and a delivering from, but there's a differing from. There is something that is changing. It is something that is different than before. And they stood up in their place and they read the book of the law of the Lord of, the, of their God tonight. And look there in verse 3. And they stood up in their place. The first thing I noticed tonight that has been changed, they're talking about the departing from. Uh, that is a place where you could see that there is a differing from. There was a respect toward the word of God. Why? In the first chapter, there was no respect of the word of God at all. But in chapter 9, there's respect for the Word of God. The Bible says they stood up in their place. And tonight, that is something that you and I will find in revival that will have respect for the Word of God. We'll have respect for its power, for its truth, and for its sincerity. You'll find that you'll take care of the Word of God. You'll love it with your heart. You'll obey it with your heart tonight. And you'll stick with it and stay with it. Stand up for it. And friend, that you'll find that the Word of God will be a source to you that you're not willing to let go and let off. Amen. You'll respect it in every way and everything that you do tonight. And number two. There was not a respect toward the Word of God, but there was a reading of the Word of God. That wasn't taking place in chapter 1, but now it's taking place in chapter 9. When you have revival tonight, it will be about the reading of the Word of God. They are the words of the Lord their God. That ought to mean something to you tonight. This Bible that you have is the words of your God. Amen. Number two, it is the thoughts of your God. Number three, it is the teachings of of your God. Tonight, this right here is the mind of God. This is the heart of God. This is the will of God. Tonight, when you get into revival, you'll find that you'll read your Bible. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, it's amazing to me of how many church members don't read their Bible during the week. I mean, I would ask a question tonight. Have you read your Bible this week? How many times have you read your Bible? We had seven days. You should have read your Bible at least seven times this week. You say, oh, I didn't do that. Shame on you. You done set aside the will of God, the mind of God. You done set aside the heart of God. Don't you want these things? Don't you want tonight to know what God thinks? 
This is not something tonight that you overlook. This is not something tonight that you underestimate. This is not something tonight you neglect nor ignore. But when revival comes, now will there be a respect for the Word of God. There will be a reading in the Word of God. And then thirdly tonight, there will be a reverence of the Word of God. Verse 3, the Bible says they stood up in their place three hours. Three hours. One-fourth part of the day. I believe I stopped right there Wednesday night. And so uh, for those who just were bored with the recap, uh, we'll move forward from the recap and go to the cap. Three hours. Some of y'all complain because I'll preach one hour. Some people watch their watch and, and can't, can't, can't wait till I get done. And I understand that. I'm not that good of a preacher. And I try to get better and better each time. And, and uh, I completely understand you tonight on the fact of the source that's preaching. Uh, the one that's given the, and delivering the message tonight. But tonight, for you to, to get that away and be that away tonight on the Word of God is alarming. You ought to say, brother, you preach three hours. I'll be here. Not because of you, but because of the Word of God. Amen. Three hours. One, four, I would say tonight I'd love to preach three hours. Then I'd love to do that one day. You know, I might just tell you one day, hey, y'all come to the house of God. And when we come on that day, I'm going to let you know next week, I'm going to preach three hours. Amen. Man, I, I would love to do that. Just preach it on down, amen. Preach it until I can't preach no more. Lose my voice, lose my life, or whatever. But tonight we find that the reverence of God's Word, of standing and listening to God's Word just to be read for three hours. That's reverence tonight. And that's what revival will do for you. You will want three hours of preaching. One hour won't be enough. One hour will be just like a little appetizer. One hour will just be kind of getting your tail you're wet, you kind of getting wet. It'd be kind of like, Brother Larry, you're just teasing me. Uh-huh. It's like tonight of preaching and just preach. But friend, I'll tell you, when revival comes, there'll be such a reverence of the Word of God that you'd be willing to spend no matter how many times. If it's an hour, if it's two hours, three hours, hey, at home, it might be an hour at home. It might be 30 minutes at home. It's not going to be read two verses. It's not going to be 30 seconds. It's not going to be on the way out. You pick up your Bible as you're walking to the car. It's not as you're driving in the car, you're using your knee, and you got your Bible new like this. It's none of that stuff. The reverence of the Bible is, Lord, I need hours. God, give us revival. And we find that there was hours here. You don't find that in chapter 1. You find it in chapter 9. We find not only tonight because it was a great need and a great interest and it was a great passion for the people because God was moving. We notice number number 4 that there is a response to the word of God. We see that tonight uh, there in verse 3. The Bible says, uh, and they confessed. Another fourth part they confessed and worshiped the Lord God. They confessed tonight. Their response to the Word of God. See, that's revival tonight when you respond to the Word of God. To sit here every time. There's some of you who ain't never been to the altar. Some of y'all ain't been to the altar in a long time. You say, well, I got things to do and I'm doing things. No, no, that's not. Stop doing what you're doing. If that's going to cause you not to come to the altar, then quit what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's more interesting tonight that you respond 
to the, re the reverence of the Word of God, to the reading of the Word of God, to the respecting of the Word of God tonight, we want revival. And revival is responding tonight. And what, how did they respond? Well, the first thing I know is they confessed. They confessed tonight. Now tonight, I, would, I want to say this about confession just for a minute. When you see revival taking place, I believe confession is this manner. That you begin to confess to God the sins that you have committed towards God and towards man. Is that right? It's going to take revival tonight for us to really do that. Because yes. tonight, us sitting in this room, there's some things that we know in our lives right now that we have done against God and we've done against man and we yet have made confession of it. And so it's going to take revival, it looks like, in order for that to take place. But where revival does take place, you'll do it with ease. You'll do it, friend, uh, you just go right to God and you go right to those individuals and you'll say, man, listen, God has revived my heart and I'm asking you to forgive me of what I said. Forgive me of my attitude. Uh, forgive me of what I did. Uh, forgive me of what I didn't do. Forgive me of I didn't keep my commitment. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. I repent. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Hey, if you would happen in your home tonight, you wouldn't be amazed at what kind of marriage you would have. If you do it with your children tonight, parents, and let your children know that you as a daddy and you that a mama, you failed them. You sinned against them. You've done wrong. You made wrong decisions and choices tonight. You have treated them unfairly tonight. And look them square in the face and say, dear son and dear daughter, your daddy, your mama has sinned against God and sinned against you. And I'm letting you know, forgive me, son. Forgive me, daughter. Look your spouse in the eye and say unto them, I have failed you. I sinned against you. I have not done what you asked me to do. I went beyond that. I have disrespected you. I have yelled at you. I talked over you. I don't do what you asked me to do. I don't do as you want me to do. And forgive me. Tonight in all in our homes tonight, there's so many things that we need to confess. Let me tell you something else tonight that I believe what would happen in revival. In our church, there's some things that have been said to one another. There's some things that have been said that have not been right things. They have been things that have been offensive to other people. Now tonight, to those who have been offended, or those that are sitting within their hearts, and they may be saying, you know what, I'm angry with that individual. But you keep the anger. You say, well, you know, I'm very hurt over that. But you don't do anything more. So in your Christian life, you live in sin. But if you would go to that individual tonight, and you'd say to that individual who said something to you, that did something to you, and you say to them, listen, you said something to me the other day, but I'm going to tell you, I had anger in my heart because you said that. I'm asking you to forgive me for the anger that's in my heart. Y'all follow me? Yes, sir. So there might be somebody else tonight. They might come to that same person and say to that same person, hey, listen, the other day, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you made a statement 
and it was rude and it was sarcastic and boy I've been angry ever since that I've been hurt ever since then but I'm tired of not walking with God I'm tired of not hearing from God and I'm telling you right now I will forgive you please forgive me for being angry with you will you forgive me for being angry with you because of what you said now you get three or four people come to you tonight and they're saying this to you hey please forgive me for what you said I was angry towards you for a couple of weeks. Hey, forgive me for what you did. No, I was very mad at you. Forgive me for what you did. I was very hurt over that. That individual who has three or four people coming to them, asking them to forgive them, can you imagine what it will do in their heart? Because they're walking around needing revival. They're just not willing to confess. They're not willing to tell God. They're not willing to tell you. But when God sets revival in you, and you go to them, that might wake them up. Amen. Amen. Right. Does that make sense tonight? Yes, I'm telling you, church is full of that. And those who make those stupid statements and those who make those arrogant statements and those who, who say things and those who are out of line and those who are not walking in their own lane and those, friend, tonight or in everybody else's business tonight, you need to find a forgiveness in your heart, friend, to come to God and come to them. Churches are full of people who are hurt and bitter and angry for something somebody else said, and they live with it. Their spirit is grieved. It's quenched tonight. You can't get no farther than that. God, help us tonight in the house of God of glory Baptist church that we might find revival in confessing, Amen. responding to the word of God, responding. We find that word confessing there means to agree with the word of God. Not arguing with it, not doubting it, and not disrespecting it. Number two, there's the, not only the agreeing with the Word of God, but the adoring of the Lord their God. The Bible says in verse 3, they worshiped the Lord their God. I'm talking about what it looks like with revival. Everybody's going around confessing. Everybody's going around worshiping. I mean, finally, the church comes to a place where it's worship. It's not where you bring your bottle of water. Uh-oh. This is not where you bring your Snickers. And this ain't where you bring your candy bar. And this is not where you bring your protein bar. And this ain't where you bring your bottle of water. This ain't where you bring your, your water canvas or water uh, whatever you got. It's a gallon jug. It's not in this place. No food, no drinks here. You know what belongs here? Worship. Right? And we just can't worship when you're over there. Over there. There ain't no place for gum in the house of God. One time I was, one time I was uh, chewing gum and I just got saved and we had this old missionary come down there and boy he was, I wish I could remember his name, you might know him brother, uh, brother Robert, he's an old fella, he done passed away now but boy was he a tough one. He come down there, he said we're in the house of God, he was from England, I'm, we're in the house of God and he had that old, that old certain sound, he, he said hey, we're from, I'm from England and I worship God and I come to Parker Baptist Church and I am here to preach the word of God and tonight I look up and I see a bunch of y'all chewing gum swallow it <laughs> what he said I swallowed it 
I ain't never ate another piece of gum or chew another piece of gum in my, in my life. That's been over 30 years ago. In the house of God, I barely chew gum now. I'm scared he might come around the corner. He said, swallow it now. I swallowed that thing, man. Never again. I'm saying tonight, adoring the Lord their God. I'm talking about what does is, what is revival look like? It's a worship of the Lord. The Bible says they fell down. The worship of the Lord means a falling down before Him. When you look at that word worship, it means fall down. And so they fell down. They submitted to them, to Him, and they exalted Him. And friend, when they came under that revival, that renewing of spirit, friend, they could not stand up. They had to just fall down on their knees before God. They had to submit themselves unto Him. They had to look up to Him and say, Oh, Lord, my God. Revival. Revival when all of us are falling down. All of us is lifting our heads up. And all of us is giving Him exaltation and praise. All of us. You know how long they did it? Three hours. That's what it says. For three hours. Another part of the day. There's four parts, right, of the day. Three hours. They fell down. They lifted him up. Fell down. Lifted him up. Three hours. Wouldn't you love to see revival here at Glory Baptist Church? But we don't spend three hours eating sandwiches and chips. But we don't three hours of talking about our day and talking about our week. Three hours of talking about troubles and difficulties and what's going on in Israel and what's going on all around the world. And now the Texans lost to a team today that had no wins. And we find that the Astros lost in their, in their championship trying to get to the World Series. None of that wasted breath. It's all about just him. Worship. Worship. Tonight I'm just saying responding to the Word of God. Responding in the way of confession. Responding in the way of worship. Three hours of confession. Three hours of worship. Wow. I'm telling you tonight, I'd like to see revival, wouldn't you? Can I say here, thirdly tonight, not only the marks to revival and the meeting in revival, but I noticed thirdly tonight, the making in revival, the making in revival. Verse 4, the Bible says, Then stood up upon the stairs. Now this is a little odd. I, you can't hardly kind of tell what's really going on. It's like in verse 3, uh, that group of people that were there, man, they, were, they heard the word of God. Uh, they were confessing. They were worshiping. Then all of a sudden in verse 4, there's another group. The Bible says, then stood up upon the stairs. And so we find a spreading of worship. Worship is spreading. And tonight, can you imagine if revival would come to Glory Baptist Church and after the revival of Glory Baptist Church, maybe at Calvary Baptist Church with Brother Gary Britton, it spreads to that church? And maybe it spread on down to Parkwood. And maybe it spread on down uh, to Tri-County. And maybe it spread on down uh, to... to Spread all over here. Amen. There's no telling what can happen. Amen. Oh, but when we, if we began the revival, we began the moving of God, the confessing and worshiping. The Bible says, then they stood up. Amen. Without that going on, that couldn't go on. 
So I notice a spreading of worship. And we find tonight they had to stand up. It looks like to me they might be sitting down. And they might have been sitting down just watching. They might be just sitting down kind of relaxed or maybe sitting over there. And they look at all these people. They're confessing and they're worshiping for three hours. They read the word of God for three hours. And next thing you know, man, something got in them. They had to stand up. Hey, we can't sit down on this. I mean, God's moving here. I got to stand up. I got to stand up and shout. I got to stand up and say amen. I got to stand up and show forth my praise and my glory for my God. I mean, I got to stand up tonight. Have you ever been so filled with God's, oh God's spirit? Have you ever been filled with God's power? Have you ever been so moved by the Lord tonight as you sit on the pew and as the preaching of God's word is taking place, as the singing of pure songs of the hymns tonight and spiritual songs and psalms tonight? And friend, you'll find that God just moves you from your seat to your feet. Amen. Amen. I just made that up. Man, I never heard that before. (laughs) I want to be there, don't you? Oh, my. We find number two, not only had they had to stand, but I noticed they had to speak. The Bible says in that verse 4, look at the last end of that. It says, and cried with a loud voice unto the Lord their God. They had to speak, man. They they were crying out with a loud voice. Uh, They wasn't speaking no small voice. They wasn't whispering. They wasn't saying, boy, I got to be dignified. They got to say, well, you know what? I can't disturb anybody. I'm not worried about them people over there. Listen, they stood up and spoke out and cried with a loud voice. I mean, they did it so loud. Everybody is hearing. And people get all upset about my preaching. Hey, brother, you're too loud. Brother, you, you, you do this and you do that and you walk here and you walk there and you spit on people and you sweat on people and, and you know what? Listen, you need to calm yourself down. You need to take it easy. Take a chill pill. And yet, friend, when revival took place, people on the sidelines, on the stairs stood up and with a loud voice they praised God. Friend, we need to stop being so dignified in the house of God and allow God's spirit to work in our hearts and our lives that we can't just sit. We got to stand. And when we stand, friend, and with a loud voice, we'll praise God. God send us revival. Oh, God, move in our lives. The Bible says, unto the Lord their God. Uh, to announce, the Bible, that word, loud, that word cried with a loud voice unto the Lord their God. The word cry means to announce about their God. See, they're crying out and they're announcing under revival. It's not talking about them. It's announcing about Him. Amen? Hey, revival is not when you're bragging on you and how God saved you out of sin and not telling everybody about how God's changed you and telling everybody how what God's done for you. No, that's not revival. Revival is talking about Him. Him alone tonight. You're not even in the equation. It's just about Him. Announcing about their God. Proclaiming of their God and to call out to their God. That's what the word cry means tonight. They were calling out to their God. They were announcing of their God. Uh, they, were, they were bringing forth a proclamation under their God, friend. And friend, they were in a place of spreading worship. And they got in. We pray number two. 
tonight, we notice not only the spreading of worship, but we notice tonight they had the summons. Look at verse 5. You look about the middle of that verse there, and it says, this is what they're saying. After they done got revived themselves, they say, stand up. They're talking to everybody else around them now. Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever, and blessed be the glorious name which is exalted above all blessing and praise. Man, they're summons now. They're summoning everybody. Get up. Get off the seat and get on the feet. Don't you know about our God? He's worthy that you at least stand. Amen. Hey man, when you do stand, uh, it's time now to worship. And we find in this worship uh, that we're worshiping, uh, according to the Scripture, worshiping Him for who He is. And then they began to began to bless and began to give forth and began to proclaim. And they were saying to them, Blessed be the glorious name which is exalted above all blessing and praise. And what they're saying is His name is above all. It's a glorious name. It's a wonderful name. It's an exalted name. His name is above every name. There's no name close to the name of Jesus tonight. Every name tonight is less than him tonight. There's absolutely no name that should be shouted out from the Christian voice. There ain't no other name that we ought to be singing about. No other name we ought to be preaching about. No other name that we lay down before. No other name we worship. No other name we give our life to. It's the name of the Lord tonight. That's when you see revival. Man, there is a name above all names. <laughs> There's excitement going on. We see the worship for who he is. His name is above all. Number two, his person is alone. Look at verse 6. E thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou art Lord alone. Tonight, revival comes, and all of a sudden, you have no idols in your life. All of a sudden, revival comes, and you don't love anything more than you love God. Revival comes, and all of a sudden, He is the one of one of all of one. He's the one tonight that's the champion of your life. He's the one tonight who's the preeminence of your life. He's the one tonight that all you can talk about and all you can speak of and all you fall down to is Him tonight. He's alone. He shares with none. You give nobody else, you give nothing else, any of your money, any of your time, any of your prayer, any of your worship tonight. Him alone. Amen. Revival brings this. You no longer have to take your life and give a little bit to your wife and a little bit to your husband and a little bit to your, to your, your friends, a little bit to your children, and a little bit to your work. Oh no, revival comes and it's Him alone. Amen. Everybody else got to get in line. You know, they say it like this. They say, you know, God's number one, your wife's number two, or your husband's number two, your children's number three, church is number four, baloney on that. That's right. Baloney on that. That's right. God is number one. Amen. He's preeminent, he's above, beyond, and everybody else can't even be part of that category. Amen. It's him above and him alone. Amen. Amen. 
Don't put him in no line of your wife or husband or children. Come on. He's not even close to that tonight. That's like saying, well, there's going to be a great battle. Jesus and the devil. (laughs) You're killing me. What do you mean? Jesus and the devil in a battle. Man, listen, Jesus created the devil. He's God tonight. There ain't absolutely no, no, no power in all the world that can destroy Jesus tonight, especially little old smutty face. We find tonight he's alone. His name is above all. His person is alone. That he talks about there's one. He says in verse 6, Thou art Lord alone. That word Lord means eternal God. And so there's only one eternal God. It means everlasting. There's only one everlasting Lord. It means the existing creator tonight. There's only one tonight that is the creator and that's the one that's alone and that's the one we fall down to and that's the one that we bless and that's the one tonight we exalt and that's the one that's above and above all. Him tonight. You say, well, you said he's the creator. Yeah, look at verse 6. The Bible says, Thou hast made heaven and the heaven of heavens with all their hosts, the earth, and the things that are therein, the seas and all that is therein, and thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worshipeth thee. We find tonight in verse 6 that this God in whom we worship, in whom is alone, in whom we will bless and praise and worship and fall down to, is the one tonight that is the producer. He produces heaven, he produces earth, he produces all the inhabitants of earth, he produces all of heaven in his inhabitants. There's not anything that's made that hasn't been made that he didn't make. All things are created by him. If anything's created, he's the producer of it. But then secondly, he's the preserver of it. Whatever he creates, he makes, he preserves. Now that word preserve there means, means give life. To what it means. So anything and everything that God, he gives it life. He makes it, it also means revive. And so God revives. And we're talking about the Lord tonight. And revival comes into our lives and come to our church. There will be one tonight, the Lord Jesus. And he'll be the focus. He'll be the fixation. He'll be the one that we look to. We'll worship. He's the creator of the world. He's the one tonight that not only will provide and protect. He'll be the one that will produce. But he'll preserve. He'll bring life to you. And he'll bring revival to you as well. That's what the word preserve means tonight. So what does it look like to be in revival? Well, so far it looks like that there's three hours of confession, or three hours of reading the word of God. There's three hours of confession and worship. It doesn't spread it over to the stairs. They done got all excited and stood up, began to shout out and begin to cry out, begin to call on their Lord. And next thing you know, friend, they stand up and tell everybody else that's left, stand up. We're going to praise God. We're going to bless the Lord. Why are we going to do that? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because he's the only one. Yeah. Hey, why? What do you mean? He's the creator of everything. He produced everything. He preserved everything. If you and I are ever going to find life, it's going to be in him tonight. Well, I see tonight, not the worship tonight of, of who he is, but we find tonight, His glory 
is acknowledged. The Bible says that the host of heaven worship thee. I mean, even heaven tonight and all the hosts and all of the angels and all the seraphims and, and all that he all created that we could call the host of heaven tonight. Things that we haven't even seen, things that we can't even and even to uh, think about, those that we can't even imagine tonight. All of the host of heaven, all that God ever created and made tonight, the Bible says worshipeth him. Amen. And boy, that just goes to show that you and I are to be worshiping him. And that's what revival is. Worshiping Him. Not worshiping your spouse. Not worshiping your children. Not worshiping your car. Not worshiping you. Not worshiping things. Worshiping Him. What we find tonight as we look at the, what revival looks like. I'm kind of getting a little taste of it, are you? To worship not only tonight of who he is, but I notice in verse 7, to worship him for what he has done. For what he has done. We see in verse 7 and verse 8, what has he done? Well, what you have chosen is right, what they're saying. Look at verse 7. Thou art the Lord thy God who didst choose. That's what he did. Chose Abram. And brought us him forth out of the Ur of Chaldees and gave us him a name of Abraham. And found us his heart faithful before thee and made us a covenant with him to give to the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Presidites, the Jebusites, the Gushites, to give it, I say, to the seed and to his seed and has performed thy words for thou art righteous. So what is he saying to you and I tonight? Well, he's saying this, that what you have chosen is right. And that's why we're going to worship you. For you chose Abraham. You chose to make a covenant with Abraham. You're the one who made Abraham and you called, you seen that he was faithful. And you gave him the lands. Uh, You have performed it, Lord. That's why we worship you tonight because every choice you make is right. Every choice you've made in my life has been right. Everything that has happened in my life, as I was thinking about Thursday night, as I was laying in my bed, rolling over like a a yo-yo. Amen, my foot was hurting so bad with that gout, and I was thanking God, thank you for the gout. I mean, Lord, I was thinking, I was saying, God, I, I can't be mad at you. I can't be angry with you. I can't say, why did you let me get gout? I can't say, Lord, why, why you let some pain like that be on me? I know a lot of us always think, what did we do wrong? What did we say? What did we, what did we sin? You know, all those kind of things tonight. But you know what? As much pain as I was in, as much pain as you're in, as much trouble you got, as much difficulty you face in life, whatever and whenever that God allows these things in our lives, Lives and the choices that he makes about our lives, he's right. That's revival. We wonder why our children are so rebellious, why he would allow that, why he'd allow our spouses to be unsupportive and disrespectful and not leading and guiding the home, why he'd allow us to be so poor. Why allow us to have too many bills and not enough income? Why allow us to have maybe a weak system or maybe health breaking down? 
Why is he allowing us to hurt on my ankle or on my knee or my back or my shoulder? Why is he allowing me to have a mass in my body? Mm. Sister Claudia. Brother Keith prays that God just remove it. But if God don't remove it, why did he don't remove it? I can't tell you any of those, but I can tell you this. He's right. He's right. And that's revival tonight. Because, see, out of revival, you'll be angry. Out of revival, you'll keep on questioning God. Out of revival, you'll get bitter. Out of revival, you'll find yourself getting cold and indifferent. Out of revival, you're going to try to find yourself to say, listen, I need to figure out all that's going on around me in order for me to move forward tonight. But God says you don't need to find out what's going on around you. You just need to trust me because my decisions are right. Amen. That's right. Right? And so we find revival tonight is knowing that what he has done is just right. It's just right. And boy, I tell you tonight, that helped me along the way. Number two, I noticed, not what you have chosen is right, but what you have allowed is right. Look in verse 9. He said, And didst see the affliction of our fathers in Egypt, and heardest their cry by the Red Sea. He said, This see the affliction. In other words, God saw it. God brought it. God allowed it. God, God has said this is what it is and this is what's taking place and, and he heard us their cry. So what have he allowed? He allowed them to come to a place where they cried. We don't like crying. We don't like hardships. We don't like difficulties. We're Americans. We Americans tonight are very spoiled and we're very, we're very pampered and we're very much got everything at our fingertips and we just make a phone call. Friend, I tell you, we can call H-E-B and they will get our, our, our groceries for us. We can call the Pizza Hut and they'll deliver the pizza. Uh, we can tonight call a clothing store. We can call um, Amazon or reach out to Amazon and we can put in this and put in that. And friend, next thing you know, two days go, two days go by, here comes Amazon delivering. Here comes UPS. Friend, we don't have to get out of our homes tonight and we can get everything in the world we want right here. Amen. We're in America. What a place. But I'm questioning whether God's in America. We're here. What they're saying tonight is what God has allowed was right. I can imagine there in Exodus chapter 1 and chapter 2, whenever you find those, they find those Israelites taking that brick and making that mortar and making those bricks and they're, they're building them and building them and building them and put rigor, rigor, more rigor, more rigor, more rigor. And man, it just became more and more and more. And God says, I see it. Then stop it. Then they begin to cry. And God said, I heard that. All I'm saying tonight is we need to worship him as they did for what he has done. And what you have chosen is right. And what you have allowed is right. And thirdly tonight, what you have done is right. God, what you have done is right. What you have done. You've made no mistakes. You say, well, a baby out of wedlock is a mistake. God makes no mistakes. God doesn't make anything tonight on accident. Everything He does is on purpose. Look at this. Verse 10. 
I'm talking about what He has done is right. What did He do? And show us signs and wonders upon Pharaoh and on all his servants and all the people of his hand of his land. For thou knewest that thou dealt proudly against them. So didst thou get thee a name as it is this day. He showed them signs. What he did was right. Verse 11. And thou didst divide the sea before them so that they went through the midst of the sea on the right on the dry land and their prosecutors thou threwest into the deeps as a stone into the mighty waters. What did he do? Divided the sea. He's right. Verse 12. Moreover, thou lettest them in the day by a cloudy pillar and in the night by a pillar of fire to give them light in the way therein they should go. What did he do? He led them. Verse 13. Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai, spakest with them from heaven, and gavest them right judgments, true laws, and statutes, and commandments. What did he do? He came down. That's what he did. He's right. Verse 13, he spoke to them. He's right. Verse 13, he gave them right judgments, and true laws, and statutes, and commandments. Right judgments he gave them. Not just judgments. Right judgments. He gave them laws, but not just laws, but true laws. He gave them statutes, but not statutes, but good statutes. He gave them commandments, but not bad commandments, but good commandments. That's what God did. And He is right. So they're worshiping for what He has done. Verse 14, He made us known. It says, and madest known unto them thy holy Sabbath, and commandment, commandest them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses thy servant. Verse 14, he commandest them. Verse 15, gavest them bread from heaven for their hunger, and broughtest forth water for them out of the rock for their thirst, and promised them that they should go into the possess the land which thou hast sworn to give them. He gave us them. He promised them in verse 15 that they should go into the land that he promised. For they were worshiping him for what he has done. And tonight we need to come to the conclusion in our hearts that we need to worship him not for who he is, but for what he has done. What has he done in our lives? He saved our souls. He gave us families. He's given us abilities to make money. He gives us opportunities uh, to do things and to have things. And we're much privileged to be in America. And we're much privileged to be in, a Christian in America. And friend, He has given us good health. He has given us things that we can look upon and things that we can touch. And, and we get to go places that nobody else ever gets to go. We get to have money in our bank. We get to have food in our pantry. We get to have clothes in our closets tonight. Uh, friend, we can get up and go where we want to go tomorrow. We have no Nothing at all that restraining us in any way, in any law. We can do as we please tonight. God has been good to us. Amen. Boy, I tell you, when revival comes, you'll find that you begin to worship Him for what He's done. Tonight, when you go home and you turn water on to take a shower and you take a warm shower or even a hot bath, how many times do we say, Thank you, Lord? Huh? 
or when we get through taking, we get through fixing the meal and whatever, and we take that all that food and put it down on the left side, it usually is, of that sink, of the, the double sink there. And we slip to this little switch and it goes. <laughs> God disposal. Yeah. yeah. Or we walk past the kitchen in the little room back there and it's called a washer and a dryer. Right. Yeah. You get that load, throw it in that washer, put your little stuff in it, hit a button, boom. Boy, it gets to going. 30 minutes later, beep, beep, beep. Oh, go over there, get the clothes, punch it over here into the dryer, throw that thing on, hit that button, 30 minutes, and boy, it gets to going. Hour and a half later, you go out there, you get your little basket, you put all the clothes in there, and they're all smelling good. That God did that. Is that true? You get your clothes, you're folding them, but there's something within the dryer that eats the socks. Yeah. <laughs> it puts the holes, I don't know if you have this problem, but something in the dryer puts holes in underwear. <laughs> Do y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> don't make sense. No. So you get all them clothes, you fold them all up. You put them in a drawer. <laughs> you got a bathroom. <laughs> and on that commode, you got a seat. Have you ever tried to sit down on a commode without a seat? You'd probably still be there. <laughs> You get up in the morning, you get to put your glasses on, put your false teeth in, put your toupee on, put your girdle on, get to go to work. At the end of the week, you get a paycheck. You get to pay your bills. You get your lights on for another month. You get your pit trash picked up for another month. You get a little gas to take out the stove when you can fix your meals. You get, a little, you get a little water so you can have something to drink. Isn't that good? Amen. All I'm saying tonight, when revival comes, all these things I just spoke of will be, Lord, I'll worship you for what you've done. Thank you, Lord. I mean, you're going to look at your toothpaste and say, thank you, Lord. I mean, what, what would a toothbrush do without a toothpaste? And when you're looking at yourself and you've got that little can of hairspray. Oh, thank you, Lord, for hairspray. How about when you walk out and you take that deodorant? Thank you, Lord. And others will be saying to you, thank you, Lord. <laughs> for the deodorant. How many days do we go by, church, let's be honest, where we don't bring worship to Him for none of these things that we would call just essential? Now, if He would, 
give you a raise. Boy, we praise that. I mean, if he gives us a new baby, he gives us a new wife, a new husband. When we get a new car, we get all kind of other things and, and this, that, and the other. Man, we're ready to just give him all kind of praise, but just for the regular things that he does. And that's what he did for Israel. He just did the regular things. Tonight, when revival, you'll find that you'll be so worshiping him for what he's done. Amen. Big things, little things. Amen. God help us tonight. Hope you're getting a little taste of revival. Just a little vision of what revival could mean and do and what it might mean to us tonight. Can I say here tonight, if we could just see what's taking place in chapter 9 and we tonight go home and beg, began to beg God, God, help us to get to chapter 9 of Nehemiah. If everybody in this room will begin to pray and maybe fast, God give us Nehemiah chapter 9. I just believe God might do something. Wouldn't you? Don't you think God wants to send revival? Then we need to ask God tonight to do that. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed. We just need to come to the house of God, to the altar tonight and maybe... Maybe just confess tonight. Maybe there's some folks you need to go to tonight and say, you know, I've been angry with you because of what you said and what you've done, and I ask you to forgive me. And there may be some folks in here who said, you know what, I said something to you, and I said something that I shouldn't have said, but I'm going to ask you to forgive me. Maybe confessing tonight in your life that nobody knows about but you and God. It's time to confess it. You say, brother, it's going to take three hours if I'm, when I begin to confess. Well, then we got three hours to, for you to confess in. You come tonight. How about worship tonight? Are you worshiping him for who he is and for what he's done? How about it tonight? You come. You come now. No, wait, no, no time to hold. There's no reason to wait. Man, if God's impressed on your heart to, to come, let's change our lives. Let's change our marriages. Let's change our parenting. Let's change the house of God tonight by revival. Begin to beg God, plead with God. God, give us Nehemiah chapter 9. Oh, God, please, God, I beg you tonight. I need help in my home. I need help in my heart. I need help in the house of God. Oh, God, please. We beg you with all our hearts tonight. Is there something tonight that we need to talk to each other, husband and wife, tonight? There's some hard feelings. There's some bad blood. There's some differences. We got to get cleaned up. Got to get cleared out. You sing, Brother George. You sing. You come tonight. You might be the last one standing. Is that the case tonight? Why wouldn't you want to come to this God and be saved tonight? Why wouldn't you tonight want to give your heart over tonight to the Lord? Why would you want to perish when you've got such a great God as this tonight? You come, dear sinner friend. Come and be saved tonight. Come on. Come on. You come. How about you, saint of God? Do you need revival? Are you willing to bow down? Are you willing to come and humble yourself and submit yourself unto Him that you might worship Him? You come. All through the auditorium tonight, people praying.
searching and seeking God. Oh God, oh send us revival. God give us Nehemiah chapter 9. Oh my, how beautiful it would be. How helpful it would be. God search our hearts. Find any wicked way within me tonight. Where I have failed anyone, Lord. I've committed a sin towards anyone. You forgive me. If I sinned against my parents, I sinned against my spouse, against my church member, my family member, Lord, I ask you, God, help me to ask for forgiveness. Lord, I may worship you in truth and in spirit. I want to be real, Lord. I want revival. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I've got a little taste tonight of what it looks like. It sure would be wonderful tonight to be in your presence and under your power and authority. What a God. What a Lord tonight. What a wonderful Savior. What a God tonight. He's so wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Glorious Lord. Blessed be his name. Hallowed be his name. Get my heart right tonight, Lord. Get me right with others tonight. Yes, Lord. Oh, I'm so hungry for a spiritual awakening. I'm so thirsty tonight. Oh, God, do something with glory about this church. Please, Father, answer the prayers of these prayers. God, give them the desires of their heart. God, that we might become clean and clear with you. That you might come in and just dwell with us for a little bit. God, that you might sit with us and walk with us. God, that we give you praise and glory. Oh, worthy is your name. Hallowed is your name. Holy is your name tonight. What a Savior. God, the things that you've done, who you are tonight, it sure is worthy. Worthy of our very breath. Worthy of our very thoughts. Our very labors, Lord. You're a very good God. A God that's worth worshiping. Be pleased tonight with what you see. God, have pleasure tonight in our worship for thee. Oh, God, I pray. Oh, work within our hearts tonight. Draw us to you, Lord. Draw us to you. Brother George, let's sing, let's sing that song. It's not going to be in that, that song book there, but... Uh, that, that song, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I think it's 79 or something. I can't remember. You know what I'm talking about? Let's end our service with this, with this song here. I'm sure everybody will know it. We want, don't want to stop anybody from praying. You just keep praying. There's something about that name. There you go. That's right. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Jesus.
Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. One more time, brother. Sing it out now with your heart. Yes. Jesus, Jesus. Like there's something about that name. Yes, amen. Yes, Savior, Jesus. Like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let the heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. Amen. All God's people said? Amen. 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 Brother Cat, will you dismiss us? And we got cake to eat, folks. So rush over there. All right, brother. Dismiss us. Yes, mm-hmm.